more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Julia, I, I have to tell you, um, you know, as a beer professional, we are not supposed to have favorite beers or favorite beer styles. But that being said, uh, if I were stuck on a uh, deserted island, this is one of the styles I would want with me, probably my top three. In fact, that beer that you are pouring right now is one of my all-time favorites. Yes, I said it out loud. Rogue Dead Guy is one of my all-time favorites. And we're about to dive into why. So the category we're going to talk about today is a Hellas Bach or a Pale uh, Bach, uh, also known as, look at that glass too, uh, also known as a Maybach, uh, uh, typically because it comes from the month of May. It's a springtime beer that they brew and it's just absolutely wonderful and strong and balanced. But I, I'm excited about today. I'm always excited, but this day is very special for me. I, I got to jump in before you start and just say, I love knowing this Jeremy trivia. So duly noted. <laughs> yes. And the way to bribe you would be to provide you versions of these beers. Oh, yes. When it comes to my Bach, I'm easy. Um, uh, so the version I have, um, uh, I found, I, I was looking for uh, some other traditional ones, but I happened to find this one from actually from Spain. Uh, this is the 1906 um, it's a rever Reserva Especial. Uh, it's actually a Maybach and it's super delicious. So let, let's, I'm going to pour mine and let's talk about Maybachs um, while you kind of dive into uh, the type of ingredients we'd expect in a beer like this. Um, Jeremy's pouring. Look at that. And I feel a little guilty. We're both not doing totally authentic glassware. Uh, and but it is what it is. Don't take it too seriously. I think um, sensory attributes come through in most any glass. So look, very yeah. pretty, very pretty. And real quick too, before I talk ingredients, Jeremy, I do want to ground us in that we're in the pale multi, you know, Euro lager vein, right? This mm -hmm. is in the group with, um, you know, the Municalis, the Fespier, and now here we are at Hellesbach compared to Dunkelsbach. So with that, typical characteristic ingredients and a little quick brewing process to boot um, is, your, is your German style lager um, malts, Pilsner malt, Vienna malt, and Munich malt. Think of Vienna Munich malt as a little higher temperature kilned above that Pilsner malt um, type of temperatures. Uh, no adjuncts really added. Sometimes pale crystal malt is what um, the style guidelines talk about. Traditional German hops, Sazer style hops, um, if you've ever heard of those. So there's German noble hops, very clean lager yeast. This is a lager beer. Um, you can, and I have gotten them over the years in the Hellas or the Maybox, a little bit of almost like white grapes. Um, those are not esters because we wouldn't get really esters from our lager yeast, but they can display. It's kind of a result of the melanoidins from that malt. 
Um, and then decoction mashing is traditional. Decoction mashing is a process that German um, brewers have taught the world all over and it's emulated for many things. It's excess malt development, um, but they are going to have lower boiling time and lower decoction time than other Bach beers um, to not enhance the color as much. This is not going to be that dark um, from deep, dark decoction um, mashing. And then, uh, you know, softer water based on the areas of Germany that uh, this style originated in. How'd I do? I thought you did great. Uh, in fact, you made me even thirstier. So I'm going to take a sip and then I will dive into kind of a, an overall sensory or what you expect from this beer. Hmm. So I'll tell you one of the reasons why I love this beer and love this beer style for me, it's that multi-tool beer. It's It really is great for any occasion. It's easy drinking enough to have just by itself at happy hour before you head off uh, for dinner. Uh, it's interesting enough to uh, pair with some really exciting things. It's uh, big and bold enough to pair with those same exciting things. Uh, it, it really can serve as uh, if you had to pick one or two beers, th th that's why this is on my list. Um, you get a lot of, uh, and without going into aroma flavor yet, but you get a lot of breadiness, you get a lot of caramel, you get a lot of um, sweetness without being cloying, you get a lot of balance from those uh, Saz uh, German noble hops. Um, everything in this beer is just really well balanced. Um, it, it's a uh, it, it, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where um, uh, to me, it's just like a, for for my palate, it's a perfect beer. Um, the, the reason why it's uh, it's nicknamed Maybach, as we mentioned before, is just because it's a springtime beer. It's meant to be a little bit stronger um, They're You know, when they brew this, they're not using the, uh, you know, wet hops. They're using hops that have been killed from the season prior in the fall. Um, but they're trying to hop this up a little bit more and make it uh, last through the summer. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's just kind of an overall summation of what you can expect from this. But when we get into, um, I think the first thing we are going to look at is the appearance. I had to double check my notes, but we're going to look at appearance. What do you think about the appearance, Julia? Well, appearance is um, truly spectacular. This is, <laughs> yes, beauty, is. beauty in a glass. Um, and the name relates to the appearance. So let's mm -hmm. talk about that for yeah. a second. Um, you know, Helles means pale, mm -hmm. right? Dunkels, the other version of this Bach, um, would, a variant of this Bach uh, would be dark Dunkels. The Helles means pale. So this is really appearance-wise, deep gold to light amber. My rogue dead guy is fully in that range, not going to at all brown. Um, nice rust hues almost. Uh, makes me think of sitting in a field of hay. Mm -hmm. um, that's starting to turn in the fall. Uh, you know, I could wax poetic and on and on, but I'll keep it short. You know, bright to bright to clear clarity. There is some haze here in this rogue dead guy. I'm not scared of that, but it's supposed to be bright or clear. Um, it's not brilliant. That's okay. Large, creamy, persistent white head. There you go. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And 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 I love how it it still is a little bit dark, uh, even though it's a hellas. It's it should be a pale, but for a Bach, it's still on the paler side. Um, but yeah, th this color just, just, just kind of whispers in my ear, you know, you know, drink me. Um, but let's talk about the aroma. Um, whenever I smell, uh, kind of true versions of the style, I get a lot of doughy flavors. I get a lot of, um, 
uh, grainy, bready, bread crusty flavors out of it. Uh, and it should be kind of a medium high. Um, again, I'm double checking my notes, but it should be a medium high breadiness. This is very, very bready, but you also have some Maillard uh, flavors in it. You have very, very light caramel. So it's like the sweet version of, of this breadiness and sweetness of this, uh, doughy character. Um, the the hop character can be low to medium. It should be in balance, but it shouldn't be overly malty. It definitely shouldn't be overly hopped. Uh, but that medium low hops is in there just to add some flavor to it. Um, uh, because these are typically lagers, um, I, I do believe that Rogue Dead Guy is an ale. Uh, if if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, however, it is made in the uh, style of, of a lager. So, uh, the way that they've done it is still very clean. The lager or the beer that I have is a lager. So it's very clean fermentation, well attenuated. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of body that's going to fill me up. It's still easy drinking, even on a hot summer day. Um, you can get some light esters, um, you know, really coming through from the uh, Munich malt, uh, I believe, but you, you get some of these, uh, esters that can be a little bit like a, um, uh, like a like very subtle dark dried fruits in some of these samples, especially when they're fresh. Uh, but because this is a Bach, that's the other vocab word we need to talk about. Bach, which means strong um, or ram in German. I always think of like American trucks. It's ram tough. Um, t- that's what a Bach is. So you can get a little bit of alcohol in some of these too in the aroma, just a little bit of spiciness coming through. Um and that's that's typically what I get from a good version of a of a Maybach or a Hellesbach. Uh, and and everything you just said that carries over into flavor. Yes. And then the only things I think we're adding to it, and this is one of those beer styles where it just aromatically falls into itself. Um, you kind of warm up the uh, you know ortho outside nasal passages and retro back nasal passages, and then you slip into taste and and you're not going to get the, you know, medium level bitterness that is there. Um, that's not going to be a part of the aromatic, but, uh, compounds, but there's certainly that in the flavor. And then you're working on, you know, discerning residual sugar, but it's not sweet, right? It's a well attenuated Mm -hmm. beer as the style guidelines point out. Um, you've got final gravities that take us to, you know, 10, 11 to 10, 18. So there's some residual sugar there, but you want it finishing with a little bit of, you know, attenuation and dryness. Um, so those are two of the bigger things that I would add to everything that you said, but yeah, that, that breadiness, um, the, uh, toasted bread crust from the melanoidins, um, the, uh, the darker fruits. And to me, it would be California raisins or white grapes mm-hmm. that you can get from the, um, that you think is esters is not. And that's also sneaky light in the flavor. So yeah, it's a pretty seductive beer. For sure. And then what about um, mouthfeel? For mouthfeel, uh, this is where this is also just one of my favorite beers to drink, to pair with food, uh, because you have a medium body, but it's not chewy. There isn't a ton of residual sugar in this. It's still pretty clean and refreshing. Uh, You have this medium meat to medium high carbonation that uh, it refreshes the palate. It it cleanses the palate in between bites, in between sips. Um, so even though it does have a little bit uh, medium body and some of these melanoidiny flavors, you, you get this nice cleansing effect as well. 
um, it's very smooth because uh, th this can be uh, decocted, like we talked about a minute ago. You do, get, uh, as a result, get some of that elegance that comes through. It's just a very profound, smooth texture that comes through on this. Um, it's not harsh. It's not astringent. Um, uh, the only thing that might kind of prickle besides the carbonation could be, again, because it's a Bach, it's a, a slightly stronger beer. You can get a little bit of that alcohol warming coming through, but otherwise this is just a wonderful beer to drink mouthfeel-wise. Um, but uh, let's talk about styles. Let's talk about uh, comparisons of of where we can go yeah. with this. Yeah, and I'll say for the Bach family of beers, I mean, because you've got Doppelbach, or yeah, you've got Doppelbach, you've got Dunkelsbach, you've got Eisbach, I see winter box, right? There's all these variants. This is the most approachable of all of those, mm -hmm. right? This is in the you know lower sevens to 6% alcohol range. So style comparison for this, we're again in the Hellas Bach is what we're talking about. It's almost like a Munich Hellas or a Fest beer and the style guidelines pointed out very well, brewed to Bach strength. Mm -hmm. And when I think of Bach, I don't just think of goats. Um, I think <laughs> of strength, right? Bach means bold but this is not overly bold. So that's a really good style comparison. And then if you're really gonna compare it to the Dunkelsbach, um, you know, it's, it's more bitter focused uh, and drier and hoppier. So I like it even better basically than that kind of Dunkels or dark Bach. Um, and then, you know, it's less strong um, and paler in color. That color comes in with the Hellas um, emphasis um, than a Doppelbach, which would be more alcohol stronger yeah, in um, sure. you know flavor girth ethanol as well as stronger in color so that's a good kind of outline for that and then common commercial examples jeremy that you come across are what well i'm so glad that you have a rogue dead guy with you because uh for me that is the even though it's not a true perfect example it's not listed on the guidelines i think that is an excellent well i was being rebellious to have it but i deliberately no. picked it oh i'm so glad you did because i think that is an excellent example of the style partly because you can find it pretty much everywhere in uh, nearly every state if not every state uh, in the us the question if you judged this and you pointed out it's a dead guy ale they are very deliberate to say that not a lager mm -hmm. Would you ding it? Would you notice? I'm. It might sneak past me because they've deliberately, they've been making this for decades. This yeah. is Rogue's biggest selling beer and yep. it's hard to tell it's an ale. And they are very good at what they do. And so, yeah, it probably would be hard and it might slip through unnoticed. Um, uh, and so that's why I, I kind of wish it were on the list for common examples because you can find that anywhere and it's fantastic. Uh, other examples that are harder to find, um, like this this one that I happen to have, this 1906 from Spain. Uh, this is this is I've only found this in just a couple of places, and because I had it when I was in Spain, I know it's good, and so when I see it, I grab it. Um, but typical examples that you can find would be the Anger Maybach, the Einbecker Maybach, the uh, and I'm going to ruin these names. Please forgive me. Um, the uh, Chuckanut uh, Maybach are are common examples. You can go through the list. Um, but uh, some newer ones on the on the uh, guidelines for the 2021 are uh, uh, Hofbräu Maybach and Mars Hellerbach. Basically, the words that you're looking for when you go to find something is is Hellerbach or Maybach. If you see that, grab it, take it home, drink it, and enjoy the heck out of it. And yeah, that's that's great. my advice on commercial styles. Um, but let's talk some stats. What can we expect yeah, so in a in a beer like this? And getting kind of close to, to wrapping it up on a nice tidy bow mm -hmm. where 
Um, I mentioned the final gravity of 1011 to 1018. That's a little higher than most beers have for residual sugar. That's going to give us an ABV of 6.3 to 7.4 range. So almost easy enough to think in your head, almost 10 full points between 6.3 to 7.4. And then international bitterness unit shows that medium bitterness level, which I think is a distinctive note of this Hellesbach is 23 to 35 bitterness level units. Anything above 50, if you have you know, not too much residual sugar, really putting it out of whack is really bitter. So that's a good example of bitterness in the um, medium range. And then the SRM, as we talked about, was kind of dark gold to amber or copper, that's six to nine. SRM. Um, and that really gives me a good sense of, of what's going on in the style guidelines for the vitals. Original gravity, which if you divide by four, gives you the ABV 1064 to 1072. So that is something that you can equate to the 6.3 to 7.4 percent ABV range. Yeah. And I think one of the ways, uh, as you know, Julia, after going through the advanced Cicerone test, we have to memorize these numbers. And, and if you're not doing that, you don't have to memorize these numbers. Um, but to memorize these numbers, there's still a little deviation. We don't have to hit them like perfectly on the head. So the way that I memorize these is that these ABV was 6.5 to 7.5. The IBUs were 25 to 35. Uh, and the SRM for me was in the within the first 10 of my rule of 10s. And that was just a way that I could lock the style into a category and, and just kind of Get, get the basics down, get the gist down. And, and I, I find that helpful for people like me who are a little bit more on the visual side of the learning scale. Yeah, an example, the Rogue Dead Guys IBU's 40 listed on the can. So yeah. that's already booting it out of style guidelines. It's got some hop you know, flavor there. It's a little more aggressive American version. Yeah. Okay, and then what about glassware? Since I'm feeling guilty drinking it out of my Czech Bud Bar glass, what do we got, Jeremy, so, and temperature too? Uh, honestly, I'm going to go with uh, this Willie Becker. Um, uh, I'm, I'm drinking it. style of glass. Uh, yeah, this is a great one. I'm using this uh, Willie Becker from... Uh, from Crux up in Bend, Oregon. And uh, this is a common glass that I would expect to find this beer in if they're serving it uh, properly. Um, uh, yeah, other, otherwise, you know, I, I would imagine they would use what's on hand, but what's on hand is usually Willie Becker or or uh, something along those lines. Yep. And any input to that? Um, no, I think sensory note wise, it's not a beer begging to get a lot of hop aromatic and volatiles no. out of the glass. So the, st the strategy here is to have the CO2 volatize out and the shape of glass that both you and I are using is great for that. And to get an essence of the malt notes. And I think most glasses will help us display that no matter the shape. So I think we're good. Yep. Uh, now the, the fun part, uh, what would you pair with this? What, what, what's your thought on, on pairing with this beer? Well, and in my beer journey, and I hope to share this uh, as an evolving story and change it over time, I just, in my beer-minded you know, career, I haven't traveled enough with that hat on. I've been to Germany, certainly, and drinking at Hofbrau House and you know, toured Munich and whatnot, but not when I, when I was schooled in beer. So I can't say that I have had the traditional dishes with it strategically, but blood sausage comes to mind. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and if you're in Germany, there's a name for it. I think it's meat sausage or there's just a special spelling. Um, but I could see this residual sugar again, back to that, that medium residual sugar, the, the medium level discerning bitterness really standing up to something that is a little richer, that has some breading around it, like a sausage in a case of, you know, um, of, of some type of breading or um, uh, wrapper. 
And that's that's my answer. That's what I would absolutely want to pair with this today. Well, you just took me back to an experience I had a long time ago uh, at this Argentinian steakhouse where we had a mix of meats on a grill served on the table. And this beer would be incredible with that. I think this is this is why I love this beer so much, because I could pair this with anything and it would be good. This is like um, this is like cheating for a a beer and uh, food pairing professional, like like a Saison. It's like if you pair with this you're more likely to get it right. Uh, I could see this going great with the Hawaiian poke bowl. I could see it going with um, uh, providing that kind of like sweet bready note to a summer salad. Uh, definitely go with chili. Uh, uh, this would be great with like a, a kidney pie or something like that, or a meat pie from the, the British Isles. You know, there's so many options here. Um, I think a big question I have is what about dessert? <laughs> what, what would you do I with mean, dessert? I think, Chocolate is a cheat sometimes on the stout and porter level, but I, I would love to see this with some white chocolate even, mm. you know, something to give it where if I were to take, you know, uh, tinctures and drop it in to see what would actually change the beer itself, I might do a little vanilla in this beer, right? And just see what, what transforms and happens. So maybe, you know, uh, um, a vanilla cake with chocolate ice cream on top that might be a little racy with the chocolate ice cream. If I don't like it and it's a train wreck, I'm going to take the ice cream away and do vanilla ice cream on top of that vanilla cake. And I just want vanilla with this for some reason. And you could also get away with barrel aging these and bring vanilla ins and more tannins and whatnot. So you could see some Hellas box definitely, or, you know, double box barrel aged for sure. Yeah. I, I could see this easily with like a creme brulee with a, um, with a little bit more of like a pistachio note or, or a, like a macadamia, a macadamia nut, uh, coming through in this and maybe a little bit of like, um, mango. I, I get a lot enough of a pie crust flavor coming out of this where it, it, it could bridge easily into anything along those lines. And, and I'm, I'm pretty certain I would be happy. I like the pie crust and and also to kind of tie it up. Anytime you've got those Vienna and Munich malts, you know, Pilsner malts more of a backdrop unless it's Mm -hmm. the only star. But as soon as you put in darker malts, like medium kilned level, not roasted malts, Vienna and Munich malts give you that pie crust or that toasted pizza crust, you know, types of flavors. Then you're talking grilled, roasted and smoked synergies, echoes, bridges to foods that have been grilled, roasted and smoked. And so that's a whole nother arena of food pairings that we could talk about. Oh, it sounds amazing. But I'm, I'm so glad we got to uh, sit here and share these MyBox with everyone today. This is, th- yeah. I'm, I'm living my best life right now. Thank you. So <laughs> yeah, nice. Jeremy thought to, thought to introduce this one. I'll close it out. You know, thank you for joining us for Hellas Bach. Um, go forth, find many examples. Certainly some are going to be outliers. Um, but this is truly one of the world's better beer styles to get to know and showcases malt in the most beautiful of ways. And, and a message for craft brewers, brew more my buck. That's all I got to say. Here, here, here. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Essence of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia. And me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.